Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. The best heavy metal and hard rock anywhere. Live from Blog Talk Radio's multi-million dollar broadcasting facilities, the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. With your host, Mike the Big Cheese. Happy Halloween from the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. We got a really good one for you tonight. Tommy and I did an interview with David Rock Feinstein early in the week in New York City. An interview I just recently conducted with Amanda Somerfield of Kisk Somerfield. But it is Halloween, so how about we kick things off for a little metal church? The Dark.
right, a little metal church off their second record, The Dark. Tommy! Yo, how's it going? Happy Good. Halloween. I, I saw your number up there, but as soon as I went to go click it, I had to go give some candy out to some trick-or-treaters, so I apologize for making you wait a few. No, not a problem, not a problem. I got disconnected anyway. So oh, that, that's good. I had that works out fine. Ball, I guess. I don't know. What yeah. Well, anyway. Not, even though today is Halloween, we're not really doing a Halloween show because I did the Halloween Spooktacular Thursday on the Metal Matinee. Right. But we'll mix in some stuff here and there that's a little creepy. Okay. Keeping the flavor. Really, because we weren't going to do a show today at all, but we had these interviews on tape from uh, during the week. Right. So we figured we'd do a show and get them on, you know? Sounds cool. Now I know why I didn't want to do one, because every five seconds the bell rings and you got to run out and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and greet some trick-or-treaters. Well, they have to wait. That's it. I understand that, but I'm all in costume, you know, so I like to go out and let everybody see me. Oh my God, what do you? What is your costume today? I'm a cranky old man today. Oh, oh, that's that's a far cry from yeah. the usual. Yeah, usually I'm a miserable old bastard. That's like the other six <laughs> days of the week, but today I'm a cranky old man. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, so the wife stepped out for a few minutes. When she gets back, she'll take over candy duty. But uh, we got a good show today. We did an interview during the week with David Rock Feinstein. Over in the city, it was pretty good. Yours sounded a lot better than the one I had, so I kind of put the both together, like overlapped them, so it's a little more, you know, it's a little louder, so it sounds pretty good. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yours does a much better job than that will be used uh, for, uh, on my end, so that was pretty good. All right, so that's cool. Yes, and the lovely Amanda Somerfield, I spoke with her, and we're going to have that interview on too, uh, a little later in the show. And we'll get some music on in between. You know, I finally got the original Black Sabbath demo from 1969, the full version of it. Wow. I had like bits and pieces or like samples of some songs sure. on here, you know, around. And uh, I think the Rebels like have been around for a while, like on YouTube. Somebody must have and they put it up there. But uh, I actually got the finally got the original copy of it, like the original masters. Some pretty good stuff. I'm gonna upload it and send it to you. And I'm gonna make that one of the demolition segments uh, uh, towards the end of the year, so everybody can have a copy of it. That'd be cool, man. Yeah, I just want to go through the other songs, to make sure everything is okay. So far, the two I, I played were good, and they actually sounded uh, pretty damn good for something for back then. I was surprised. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, so I'll send it to you so you can check it out this weekend. Then I'll, uh, we'll put that up maybe in uh, December for Christmas. We'll give it as a Christmas gift to everybody. Oh, that'd be nice, yeah. Yeah, cool. right, not bad. Well, I know you sent me over the new uh, the new roster, Boss. It's uploading right now, so maybe in 10, 15 minutes we'll get it on when it, uh, yeah, yeah, no rush, just... when it's done. But how about we do uh, some new Forbidden. Forbidden's playing with Overkill and uh, right. Apathy, who we had on last week. Uh-huh. Uh, they're playing at the, at the Starland Ballroom on November 20th in New Jersey, and we gave away two tickets to that last week. And I know they're playing this Saturday out in Long Island. I think it's at the Crazy Donkey. Uh-huh. So we might be able to go to that one, too. I'm just waiting to get some information on it. But the new Forbidden Record, Omega Wave, is a great record. It's the first new record in 13 years. Uh, you know, they got back together a few years ago. That's why. But uh, it's really solid. So how about we get something on off of that right now? Definitely. Here you go. This is called Forsaken at the Gate. <laughs>
All right. We started off that set with a little forbidden off the brand new record Omega Wave with Forsaken at the Gates, and we closed it out with a little Stormtroopers of Death and Freddy Krueger. So we got a little Halloween in there, too. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. No, we have a. Uh, let's see. What the hell did I wanted to talk to you about? I forgot all about it now. I think it was about the Manowar with the new Manowar record. They said they got Christopher Lee now to do the, the voiceovers like Orson Welles did. Yeah. On yeah. the original. Right, on the Battle Hymn. Yeah, nothing from uh, Christopher Lee, great actor, but. They, they just should leave it alone. But it's supposed to come out next at the end of this month. Remember, tomorrow's November, at the end of November. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see how it sounds. And, uh, you know, I, I know the technology is better today compared to when they did it, you know, like, almost 30 years ago. Yeah. So you're going to get a much better sound on there. I always thought Donny Ham, Hamzik's drums just sounded terrible on there. They were very tinny. Yeah. They weren't powerful. And I would have liked to actually have heard uh, Scott Columbus, you know, do the drum because he's a much more powerful drummer. Yeah. I would have preferred to heard his drums in there, but now you're taking Ross the Boss out of the picture. And you know what? Anybody can play the chords that you know of the song that way, but the solos, that comes from your heart. That's all feel. You That's can't recreate right. those. And those solos are majestic, especially on battle hymns. Yep. You can't recreate that sound no matter who's playing guitar. I'm not taking anything away from the guitar player. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know. It, it's just, it just won't. I, uh, you know, from a, from a, an original uh, Man of War fan, it's just not going to work, but... I agree. Go with that. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, you know what? He's, he's bringing up a lot of controversy, a lot of debate. That's good because you know it brings attention to the bands. But and what are you going to do? Album, and and Ross's new album is out now, so that's good. It keeps uh, it keeps uh, the name in the uh, in the news, so that's good. Well, how about we do something off the new Ross the Boss? You sent me the title track, Hailstorm, and then right after that, I'm going to go into our Sunday Night Spotlight on us, being called Dark. Wings Syndrome. So we'll do it back to back, then we'll talk about the Sunday Night Spotlight. Okay, cool. All right, here you go, Hailstorm. <laughs>
Okay, out of Portugal. We're featuring. We're going to be featuring a few bands from Portugal. That was our Sunday night spotlight. That was Darkwing Syndrome out of Portugal. The band had two new records out this year. One called Arcane, and that was off of the newest one, Spiritual Emotion. And uh, we got a few more coming up like that. And that's like the only time you ever going to hear any new bands or new music on this show, because we're basically a classic '80s metal show. So we use the word vintage or classic from that one. I don't like the word classic. Got any more vintage, or should we come up with something else? I mean, I like classic, but you know, I don't want anybody to think that we're uh, we're old copying anybody. No, I anybody <laughs> copying anybody. So what about vintage? Vintage sounds too old. <laughs> how about sem- how about semi-old? No, <laughs> you, you come up with something. We'll, I'll uh, work. On, I'll work on something on the next. Time. All right, you're gonna redefine the whole genre for us. I will. I'll try. All right. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, we do have the interview with David Rock. How about we do some rods, and then we go into the David Rock interview, and then we'll get on some stuff off the new record. Okay. Sounds cool. All right. Let me see. I know I put on a few songs from all of the records, but there was one I always like. I want to hear it again. How about Let the Meat Metal? I always get a kick out of that one. Yeah. Great tune. All right. Here you go. The rods. Oh, 
There you go, a little rise. That's the title track of that record, too, Let Them Meet Metal. And like I said, Tommy and I, we sat down with Dave, uh, I think it was last Monday, all out in the city yeah. in his hotel. And uh, we've had uh, Carl and David on the show before about a year or two ago. I think they were good guys to talk to. So uh, we spoke to him for about 20 minutes. Uh, this is Tommy's uh, copy of it. It came out much better than mine. I'm going to have to listen a little hard in the beginning, but it starts to get better to sound. So uh, I'm going to put it on. I'm going to lower things down on my end, and I'll talk to you in a little bit, T. All right, bro. There you go. Right? Yep. All right. Well, it's great to be talking again. I know we had you a call on a while ago. You probably don't remember all the interviews you And I know back then we were talking about the rods and the record coming out. And uh, Carl told them back yesterday saying there were some problems with the, with the record coming out and the losses and everything. But between then and now, we're lucky enough to have you with the new solo record. Yeah. So, bitten by the beast. When's it coming out for everybody? It's officially uh, going to be in the stores November 23rd. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's good. And has uh, some of Ronnie, your cousin's last recordings on there also, the album. Yeah, he's, he's done Yeah, how long ago that worked on a recording with me? Uh, oh, his his tracks, he, um, you know, for years we talked about doing something together. And um, it was probably a year and a half or two years ago he came up to the court. Yeah. He was, he was visiting yeah. at the time. And um, and he said, when I come up this weekend, I'm going I'm to sing a couple songs, you know, and whether it be for a solo album or a Rod's album or whatever. Yeah. And it's like after talking about it for so many years, you know, it's kind of, wow, it's really going to happen. You yeah. Know, because logistically, it was very difficult, you know. I see him, we talk about it. We both go back home 3,000 miles apart. You know, he'd go on tour for six months and I'd be doing it. You know, so in the back of my mind, I thought, you know, I always wanted it to happen, but whether it really will happen or not, yeah. I didn't know, but I knew he was coming. And, um... So, anyways, uh, he came up and he and he said, well, I'm going to come up this weekend and I'm going to sing two songs. So, right. Carl and I were working on Rod's material. Yeah. And um, the, the song Metal Will Never Die, I had just written like two days before that. Wow. Just out of the blue. And um, when Carl and I heard a demo, when we did a demo version of it, we said, Ronnie's got to sing this song. Yeah. It's perfect for him. So, um, Ronnie came up, basically listened to the the rough version on a boombox went in and sang it like world class you know? God bless. and um, I mean when you, when you hear the vocal I mean that's true of anything Ronnie sings but when you hear that it sounds like he might have worked on it for days you know but he, yeah. he went in and boom boom it was yeah. done and it's kind of fitting to the title now that's that well, I mean it's kind of eerie because yeah. the yeah. fact that you know and I've said this quite a few times before um, the fact that I wrote that song like two days before he was to come I mean, there were plenty of other songs, because Carl and I had a, a slew of songs, you know, ready for the Rods record. <clears throat> I happened to write that song two days before he came, just like that. Um, he came up, he sang that song, it was one of the songs, and then, you know, for the situation to happen the way it happened, it's like it was meant, you know, to be yeah. that he sang it, yeah. to be that I wrote that, mm -hmm. to be that he sang it, you know, yeah. it's his song. So, it's kind of eerie, but I just feel good about the fact that, um, we were able to do something, you know, and this is like a real tribute, you know, yeah. the song yeah. for him, you know. Yeah, and it's out there. And the, the whole record, I've been playing it. I, I got a copy from Chip. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean you, you run the gamut from one end of rock and metal to the other. A lot of blues influence in there. Mm -hmm. You really took it up a notch from, from Third Wish. I mean, it's really a diverse album. Yeah. I wish I could have gave it to you to listen before we came, but I, I've been hogging it up all week. I heard Yeah, it's really, you know, I don't even work on the whole package. as if I, Are they just collecting the stuff over the years? No, um... You know, most of those songs were tracks that I had kicking around that I wrote tracks and I didn't really, you know, finish them as songs until I really decided I wanted to do an album. Mm -hmm. And then I took them and then, you know, 
um, a lot of those songs, uh, the recording process was done like during the time when Ronnie was ill, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and stuff like that. So um, some of the words and some of the titles relate, you know, to the way I was feeling at the time. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was pretty emotional. So um, really, there's no, there was no basic plan. It's just the way it came out. It came out that way. Yeah. We had a plan with the album because I didn't see any credits on the, the copy game. No, um, there's a good friend of mine in Cortland, Nate, that played the drums on the tracks. Okay. Know? And actually, it's funny because he's a friend of mine, he's a great world-class drummer, but he's never really been in a band that was world-class. Yeah. And, um, and we became friends, and, you know, I would get a couple tracks done, because in my hometown, I'd say, hey, will you put a drum track on this? And I'd give him a scratch thing, and he would, you know, yeah, put the drum tracks down, and... Um, and that's how it started, you know. So I took his, when well, I had all the tracks done, I took his drum tracks and, you know, I climbed into a hole in my little studio and recorded my whole album. You know? Yeah. So nobody else really played on the album. Never really played bass and all of the thoughts. Played, you know, played bass, guitar, and the vocals beside the line track. And I, and I really didn't play it. As I was recording it, I didn't really play it for anybody because <clears throat> I didn't want to be influenced by it. <clears throat> Opinions. Sure. I wanted it to be something that I did. Yeah. Organic. And and like right. I said before, um, the first person that has to be happy is me. Exactly. You know. Yeah. If I'm happy with it and I put it out there and you guys like it, great. I feel good. If you don't like it, well, that's fine too. You know, because it's everybody's own opinion. Right. Right. But if I'm happy with it, then I'm happy with it. And yeah. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Well, uh, guitar-wise, amp-wise, do anything differently, or no? I used. Uh, well, I did. When I was recording with some of the rad stuff, we did a bunch of different things, you know, like computer-wise. Oh, okay. And when I recorded Bitten by the Beast, I used the same preamp and the same stuff that I use when I play live. Okay. <clears throat> so um, basically, that. I did that with every track. So you're like familiar with that, that setup? Yeah. Right. You know, I used the preamp and I used the same basic settings that I do when I play live. Now, I, I switch guitars sometimes, you know, because uh, I have two or three different guitars. I usually use the same guitar all the time when I play live. Yeah. But there's a couple of different guitars that I thought might be good if I did a couple of tracks with this guitar and a couple of tracks with this other guitar. Yeah. Or sometimes a riff sounds better with a certain guitar, like in other words, the song rocks boogie, because it's kind of choppy and it's got that, that little boogie beat, this, yeah. you know, some guitar, one guitar might be a little bit too muddy sounding yeah, for that, right, right. so let me try this guitar, what and it sounds better. What guitar because I play guitar? I'm trying, I'm trying to think. Oh, okay. My, my guitars are, um, my main guitars are like, I use like um, yeah, Gibson, Gibson uh, double cutaway. Melody Makers, melody. well, and Les Paul Jr. is like, my main guitar is a Melody Maker, single cutaway, that real thin body, right. it was their, they're like 1959, 1960, but it was their entry-level guitar at the time. Right. You know, well, well, the rest, well, yeah, that's right. Exactly. If, if you were a beginner, yeah. you went and bought their guitar. Yeah. It's like their cheap model. Yeah. You know, but it's a beautiful. For me, yeah. it's great because it's a little small. Yeah. It's, you know, small, it's, 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 it's lightweight. Yeah. You know, yeah. lightweight. Yeah. And I can get around it good. Uh, and, and there's like I only use one pickup on the guitars, but I have yeah. used in the rods before the Les Paul Juniors. Right. Double cutaway, a little bit thicker body, right. a little heavier, um, <clears throat> but in recent you know years I've just stuck with the melody maker and I've got two of those. One with the flames is the one that I use right, right. predominantly. Right. I got another one with the original finish that I use as a backup. 
cool. But it's um, it's funny because the guitar that I used on the song Metal Will Never Die <clears throat> is um, a guitar. It's an Epiphone, actually. Mm -hmm. And it's an Epiphone that was made to look like, you know, Les Paul Jr., double cutaway, right. the same body. Right. And it's an Epiphone, which Epiphones gives in any way. Right. And that guitar it was weird because there's this guy who used to do um, weights for the rods. And quite a few years ago, he said, hey, I went to a garage sale. Look what I bought for 50 bucks. <laughs> and he shows me this guitar. It's an Epiphone. I said, Denny, that's great, you know? So, um, you know, I, 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 uh, well, I didn't see him for like a year, you know, a year or more. And I, and I ran into him. I said, you still got that Epiphone guitar you bought? And he said, yeah. I said, hey, if you ever want to get rid of it, you know, yeah. I'd be happy to take it off your hands. He said, okay, I'll sell it to you for what I bought it for, 50 bucks. Shoot, not cut. Okay, so I get the guitar, and um, it's that yellowish color. Right. And uh, I, I, I took it apart. I put a different pickup in it. And uh, and that's the guitar that I did all my graffiti on. Oh, okay. Pictures of it? Yes, the graffiti okay. guitar. That's the yeah. Apple phone. I never really checked the headstock, you know? <laughs> Somewhere was it? No, right there. Oh, okay. <coughs> We've got all the odd one. Oh yeah, I I got a I'm in, yeah. I have a nervous habit of doing that. Oh, I do yeah. Wow. I do a lot of these weird little drawings. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. do them on paper with right. 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 ink. And um, I decided that you know um, I, I stripped everything off the guitar and down to the, just the body. And over a period, it took me a long time, obviously. Sure. I'd go over and I would um, I just call it doodling, really. But you know, and I did all these designs on the guitar. And I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. And um, and it occupied my time because during the time I did this, my father was very ill. He was in the hospital on the verge of death, you know. So I would go to the studio and I would just, like, isolate myself for yeah. an hour, two hours, a half, whatever. You know, I could only do, you know, whatever I felt like doing it. Yeah. And then I'd quit. But uh, it took me a, pretty much a whole winter to do that. Yeah. That's the guitar I played on Metal Will Never Die. Wow. And it looks like there's two pickups, but there's really only one. That's just a piece yeah. of metal uh -huh. that I, because there was originally two. Right, right. You so I took this one off, mm -hmm. and I, I cut out a piece of black um, stuff they use on racks, the metal, mm -hmm. and I just screwed it to there to cover up the holes. Oh, okay. So that's just a solid piece of metal there, and it's just one uh, EMG pickup. Oh, it's sort of like a, a tribal, psychedelic tribal. Yeah, it's, uh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, cool. Uh, and, and it's a unique guitar and used it on the... Yeah, I never use it live. Uh, I mean, I've never really... I mean, I've, I've taken it out one time for a backup and I poke it in and I thought, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel so good with the other one, I'm comfortable with it. Sure, you know, got me comfortable with it. But um, that's the guitar, a $50 guitar that I played in Metal Will Never Die. Amazing. Yeah, that's good. I like that. That's a great guitar. Are you going to get out live? Are you going to get out live within the stuff? I don't know what the rods have been getting a lot of shows on lately. Last few shows we've we've done like we do three or four songs off this oh, right. oh, oh, this new album um, because if I go out to promote this album it will be the Rods yeah out there promoting with me you know so yeah. it'll be that band so yeah we we, we do three or four any chance of working your way down to the city we'd love to and just well, we just need somebody to hire us to come down yeah, I mean, it's hard it's we're not looking to get rich yeah. we just pay our expenses you know yeah. yeah. It's getting harder and harder. Yeah, I, I think I, it's we can't even play around here. I mean, there's like very limited 
Um, there's a, this one club in Syracuse we're going to play in November, and it's like, if it wasn't for that, there's one in Ithaca. That's where the baseball or Gary, our bass player, is from. Yeah, right. they're small clubs, but at least it keeps our hands going. Yeah, yeah, but other than play. that, there's no place to play. Not no. the same. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, there's a lot of places. That you can't, they, won't, they won't book any real metal or hard rock acts. I mean, yeah. it's limited. You've got yeah. neighborhood bands. You know, back in the last days, we used to play a little more. And like, no, yeah. you know, all these places down here that were happening places. Yeah. You know? Back in the day, the 80s, yeah. a lot going yeah. on. But it's dwindling down the prospects right now. Yeah. That's a shame. So well, maybe we can uh, maybe work something. We know if, uh, people from Dingbacks, Clifton, New Jersey. It's not the only place going on right now. Yeah. But having uh, Clifton, like down at Giant Stadium, mm-hmm. there, it's about the only place happening right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. It would be great to see you get down here again. It would be. It would be yeah. nice. And we have a lot of people that, you know, because of the internet that and when you when you're gonna play down here, we like you to play down you know, so yeah. it's out of our hands really. We'd like to play but you know, we just can't I know, and we people from the uh, from Raven, so possibly maybe we can get something going. That would be great because we need to play in a situation where we're playing in a classic rock, definitely. You know, yeah. situation. We shouldn't be playing with this modern. That's that's one of the big things. Ball, and we'll have a have a classic metal band playing, and it's often eighty one other bands on the show that have no nothing to do with the type of music, just to get those folks going to the show. Yeah, you know, and you see a lot of times like bands like yourself, they're actually going early in the build. Even though you get a headline, yeah, just because yeah. the people just run away at that time, and I yeah. don't want to say anymore. Yeah. You see, like, it's all starting to, it's all to change right now. Most of the bosses band played in the city, and um, even went till like one a.m. It was five or six other bands starting at five p.m. Yeah. on Sunday, and uh, everybody brought their friends. And by the time Ross went on, it was just, it was just the fan. You know, well, people want to see him play. Yeah, not anybody extra. You know, so yeah. it really was he really. But you know, it was you know, it was homecoming back to New York, and you know, you know, bring uh, yeah. play a couple of tracks from it and all that. But that's yeah, we, we should look out for that. Yeah, we definitely get something going yeah. because yeah, we need to have. I mean, hopefully we'll be able to get hooked up with something because you know, really to promote any records, you really need to be out playing. And the Rods yeah. have always been a band that thrived on playing yeah. live. But I mean, that's the. That's what it was all about, uh, almost, you know. Yeah. About uh, two weeks ago, I spoke with uh, uh, Craig Wilber, uh-huh. and he was saying that uh, I guess it was uh, a year or two ago that you were working on trying to get something going with Elf again, put something back together with that. Is that actually going to happen? It was just no. Time? I'm not. I'm not involved with that. Um, to me, there's no Elf without Ronnie. Yeah, I think he was talking about when Ronnie was actually I think even we're before he got sick. We don't know. Yeah, just you know talking about Ronnie and I spoke about it. Yeah, but Craig was never. Craig's name was never brought up in Ronnie's conversation. Yeah. So I'm not, you know, I'm not interested in that. Yeah. You know, so that was I'm like interested in doing it with Ronnie. Yeah. Now that Ronnie's not there, so I'm not interested. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Exactly. Yeah. And what about the Roger record? The Roger record. The Roger record is 99 percent done. Yeah. Like, you know, we. It's like, um, it's tough because with my solo record. You know, I go in there, I'm one person, I can work day or night, you know, I don't have to, yeah. work, you know, can you make it, can you come, you know, you know, scheduling and all this and that. Right. If I wanted to go at 2 in the morning to my studio and sit down for an hour, I could work and I can get it done. Right. You know, with the rounds, it's different because we've got three guys. That one guy, Carl, lives an hour and a half away from me. Gary lives, you know, 20 minutes away and everybody's got their own schedule. So it's difficult in that respect. But I can say now we're 99% done. That's good. And we would have been totally done if it wasn't for the fact that Carl, you know, Carl's a pretty avid songwriter, and so am I. 
and we wrote a couple songs, you know, a couple new songs. Oh, we got to put these on the album. Ah. Such great songs. So mm. and now we got to record these other two songs. It's not a big deal, but uh, I think you'll see the Rod's record get released in the spring. Oh, I don't yeah. I'm going to get handled in the next couple of months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, then, uh, you know, and of course, the other Ronnie song will be on there. Oh, right, that's right. That's right. Original one we spoke of. Uh, well, he, he sang sang two songs when he came. So, you know, the other song will be on the Rod's record. Oh, that's going to be nice. I don't call it how about because of the lawsuit. It's something that's not well, that's some legal, there's some legal things, too. But even if you take the legal issues away, it still wasn't ready. Right. It still wasn't ready. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah. That's all the law now. You can't blame it on the legal thing. Yeah. Well, we're actually just blaming on Joey DeMeyer because you're like to blame him for That's the way we are. <laughs> we don't like to say nothing about that. That's okay. But the, the new album, Bit by Pieces, is going to be the first album on, on Lennon's label, on EG, the, the non I don't, think it's gonna, I don't think it's the first. I think the deal with Donington. Yeah, it'll be the first non deal. Yeah, it's good. Maybe you get a lot of backing with him. I get a lot of pushing. Yeah, it'll really help there because with the internet, now, it's great for getting things out there quick, but it's also bad because it's just killing, you know, yeah. the album sales with the downloads yeah, and everything. Yeah. So it's, there's two ways of looking at it. You know, as a musician and someone who likes music, you know, I don't have anything against people getting the music, you know what I mean? I'm not an artist that, like, I know I'm going to sell 100,000 records the day it's released. Yeah. That's X amount of dollars I'm going to lose if you download it or whatever. I'm not that. I'm more in line with the fan yeah. that wants to get the music. You know, so at this point, it's not taking money out of my pocket. Yeah. You know, on the other hand, I'd like to see things done the right way. Sure. You know, because sure. you know, there's like, and I never really, un I still don't understand it, to be honest with you. But you know, back in the day, we had a guy that managed us years ago that would say, and he was smart. Music business, it's two words: music mm -hmm. and business. Mm -hmm. Okay. And as musicians, we never understood that. Yeah. We just wanted to play, yeah. make records, go play live. You know, we didn't think of the business. Yeah, that's exactly. why musicians got screwed all the time. Yeah. You know, you know the stories. You've heard a hundred of them. I've been part of it. Everybody's been part of it, right? Yeah. And everybody screwed by the business yeah. part of it because it was our passion to go make the music and to play. And we didn't think about the business side, but you know. And I can honestly say, like right now. With being with Niji Entertainment and Wendy and Dean and all those people, everybody that's involved, Munzi and everybody, I really feel like for the first time in my life, I'm with people that I can actually trust. Yeah, you got your back. And I can actually yeah. trust because they're like that's family. Good. They're family. Yeah. You know? And I, and I don't second guess or mistrust anybody that's involved in, in any of the stuff that I'm doing right now. That's for the first time. Yeah. In a lot of years. Yeah, in the big yeah, exactly. I guess that's a big relief. Yeah. You know, that's a good feeling. You know, like you know, said years ago, they were based, everything was based on money and sales. And then uh, they would come out, and they would sell a juice for would come out for 100,000. One call for 30 seconds, and uh, they just released Man Mill. 1,400 copies. That's what we sold in the first week. Not that old, but there were probably 50,000 copies that were downloaded on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't, you know, unfortunately, as far as the record companies are concerned, that doesn't count for them. Yeah, it's not money they make. But yeah. you can't even judge how your album is doing, you know, without the feedback from the fans. That's true. Somebody died, and they wouldn't let pay you that they did it. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's the problem. That's why it's so important. You don't know what you're really, you know, what's really being sold out there. Because yeah. you can't go by the numbers. That would be official numbers these yeah. days. That's, what, that's sure. why it's so important to be able to play live. Yeah, of course. You know, it's a catch-22 yeah. because it's important to play live yeah, there's no gigs. Yeah. You know, so, I don't know. And then if you have the actual album as a gig, people might say, hey, you know, I want that album. You know, you see the cover now, you know, and uh, they don't, uh, you know, they don't 
Yeah, they want that package. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. We grew up wanting the package. I mean, mm-hmm. I go out with the towels still. I know, me too. I, I, I mean, the towels make it, I mean, it's a little niche market, but it's making a comeback. A lot of things are put because they're, they're making money that way. You could sell a bottle for $25. Yeah. And people like that, they're going to grab it because you still have a record player. Yeah. Yeah. And we love the sound there. Yeah. So that's another, you know, yeah. it's a little way, but it's another option for us. It's easier to read. Why do you print this so small?
Metal will never die. That's off the new Rock Feinstein album, Bit by the Beast. Tom, you remember when we had uh, uh, Colin Rock on the show about it? I don't know if it was last year, the year before. They said they were working on songs for the new Rod's album with Ronnie. Yeah, it's two tracks. It's two tra- I think both of them were really meant for the Rod's record, because that's what they were saying at the time. Right, right. And I guess with all the problems they were having getting it out, yeah. and then Rock putting out the solo record, like he says, you know, want to be on my record, want to be on the Rod's album. Right. I, I guess they figured they would split it up. But I think it tends- originally it was meant to be something on the Rod's album. Well, I don't remember. I, rem- I remember you asking him that, and he was saying the contrary. There are still two tracks on the Rod's album. This was something written. Really? Specific- yeah, specifically okay. for his solo record. Ah, see, I, didn't, I didn't catch that. I wasn't really yeah. paying attention. It was kind of hard. You know, we all were squeezed onto the bed. It was uh, a little uncomfortable. Don't don't even talk about it. And then the <laughs> and then the other guy's phone going off in the in the back. He told us to keep our phones low. Yeah. And he had his phone on loud. It was coming. It came through. It was so loud. I bet you everybody thought it was your phone going off. Oh my God! Yeah, he kept telling us to lower our phones for the other people doing interviews. Then, <laughs> since we got up there, his phone kept going off nonstop. You're right. Yeah, that was he didn't funny. didn't even lower it. Like, you <laughs> know? <laughs> oh, lucky he, there was no conversation going on besides ours. He's a crazy dude. But you know what? That was the first one we did like that, and we have one with Addicted uh, with Paint coming up that we uh, that we already recorded. So now at least I know how to uh, you know edit it and order it in the volume I got to play it at. So that yeah. one should sound a lot better. Yeah, definitely. So look forward to that. But uh, let me see what we got here. Uh, tomorrow is my uh, wedding anniversary with my lovely uh, wife, Lisa, over Aww. 18 years this, uh, t- uh, tomorrow. So uh, even though she's not a fan of heavy metal, she, there's a few songs here and there she likes. So how about we just soften things up a little bit, do a little Black Sabbath. She loves this song. Okay, cool. It's all right.
right, that goes out to my lovely wife, Lisa, who's given me the best for the last 18 years. Yeah, yesterday I went to Atlantic City with my sister and her husband, because her anniversary is next week, so, uh, you know, we figured we'd go overnight. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so, you know, you know, thank God my sister's a degenerate gambler. She got free room, you know, <laughs> everything, parking. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, two different hotels, but, you know, I stood at the Tropicana, she stood at Ballard's, because she couldn't get two rooms in the same uh, oh, uh, resort, but we had a good time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we had we had a good time over there. Tropicana is a beautiful resort in Atlantic City. I mean, it looks yeah. like uh, like Havana, like Cuba. Right. Really big, nice nice place. Even though I, I prefer to stay at Bally's because it's more in the center of the boardwalk. Right. And everything's uh, Tropicana's a lot of the way, but it really you never have to leave that place. There's everything in there. They had a costume parties going on, most like a younger crowd, like you know in the twenties. Sure. Party, you know, we did some gambling. Uh, they had uh, some band called the, the Sicklers, maybe. <laughs> Maybe Rhinos were like a country rock band, but they were actually pretty good. Really? With a bunch of uh, blonde showgirls dancing with them. There's like there's like four blonde showgirls there, like wearing like the Daisy Duke shorts and the cut off T shirts and the cowboy boots and the hat. So I'm looking over and I was like, Well, you wanna take a picture? I'm like, Yeah. So we go walking up there and there's a midget. I wanted a picture with the little midget, not with not with the four girls. I said, Well, I thought you wanted to go with the girls take a picture. I said, No, with the little person. He's like, Here's something wrong with you. <laughs> That's well, what you we want. know that. <laughs> Well, we had a good time over there. We had fun. That's great. Yeah, so that was nice. I've been getting there a lot lately, you know, because uh, now that the kids are older, we're able to get out a little bit more. But then again, actually, when we were away last night, the mice were playing, so uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people in trouble here today at this house. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's part of life, but right? Yes. I did it. You did it. We all did it. Now they're doing it. So uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? That's it. Uh, as long as the house didn't burn down, nobody wound up in jail. That's good. <laughs> I can't do anything about it. But like I said, that was for my wife, Lisa, the little black savage. It's all right. Uh, and this is my wedding song to her. Jack Panza, generally hostile.
Black Panza, generally hostile. That comes off their first record. Uh, I had Chris Lasega on the show about a year ago. More than that, he was saying that they were working on the new record. A lot of guys are working on records. are taking years to get these albums out these days. It still hasn't come out. But uh, I know it's called Scourge, if I'm using the word right, Scourge of Light. Oh, wow. Uh, but I, I saw that uh, Mark Brody, the other guitar player, was on Facebook the other day. He was writing that a lot of the recording is finally done. So hopefully, uh, maybe in the beginning of next year, might see something. They were a great band, and it's been a long time since they've had a, a new album out. So I am definitely looking forward to that. That should be pretty good. Yeah, I was, you know, I was looking on a blabbermouth the other day, and uh, I think it was like a week or two ago. Uh, the guitar player for Rat, I don't even know his name. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was the bass player. Warren Carlos Cavazzo is playing guitar with them now, so it was Warren Di Right, right, right. So it had to be the bass player because I didn't recognize the name. He probably just joined the band like in the last few years. Right. If I'm even sure, if I'm even you know right. Uh, he was saying that the band's broken up. It's over with. Uh, and that's wow. that. And then uh, Bobby Blotta, the drummer, uh, replied like a couple of days later that uh, like he made it sound like he has no right to say anything about the band. Like he really, he's like the last one that would be told about anything. That's where he made it sound. Oh. As a member of the band. And then the other day they had a thing in the paper that Rat is on an indefinite hiatus. So oh. the guy who's telling the truth, telling I guess, just that they didn't like that he said it before they could announce it. Right, right, right. And uh, I know uh, the drummer Bobby Blotta and the singer. I guess they've been having their problems and. Uh, who the hell knows? But Rad, they put out such a good record too last year. Infestation. That was a really, I mean, better than I expected from them. Yeah, that was a heavy, like a more a hard rock heavy, yeah. heavy record. As maybe that you know, a, maybe you know, it's, you know, I don't know how much Carlos Cavazzo tributed <clears throat> to the album, the writing, but if he did, I can see where it came from. But such a good record. And fun, but I know Pat saw them in Texas uh, a while back, and he said that um, Stephen Purser, he was lip syncing on stage. Because yeah, the music started, and he just grabbed the mic, and before he could even get close enough to sing, you started hearing some of the, the vocals. Yeah, so he couldn't handle it. Yeah, so who knows what was going on. It's a whole bunch of shit. You know, they get back together, they try to make a little money, and then they... It's like hit and run, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but it was a good record. Uh, you know, I was a big rap fan in the early days with the first two records. I kind of lost it for them after that, but uh, I just got back into them again with that new album, so it's a shame. But I another, guess that's the world of rock and another, roll, right, Tommy? Yeah, another one down by the wayside. Yeah, what are you going to do? That kind of thing happens, you know? That kind of thing happens, so. Eh, life goes on, right? Eh, life goes on. Metal goes on. That's right. Let me see. Metal what do you want to do? Metal will never die. Metal will never die. That's right. <laughs> that's good. I like the interview with Rocky. He's going over his guitar with you, like, pointing out to the picture. It's like, you know, this is audio. you got to speak up. <laughs> you got to say something. It's not TV. People can't see us. Yeah, well, he he look. It felt like he felt so comfortable with us. He was just talking to us as as exactly as like two friends, you know, two exactly, fans. exactly. I know, I know. I said you that know? the other day too. I says we go to meet these bands for interviews and stuff, and you know, it's, it's like we walk in there feeling like we know them because we've watched their videos, you know, listened to the albums for like twenty or thirty years. So you feel like you know them, but you like right. you walk in, they don't know who you are. They've never <laughs> seen you before. You're just another person that they're talking to that day. Yeah. But you feel the opposite because, like, you feel like you know these people because you know the whole history, you know, you know everything about them. Exactly. So it's a weird feeling in a way, you know. And you know, for us, we're still kind of like fans when we get to meet a lot of these people. So it's kind of weird. It is. It is kind of weird. <laughs> I know. Well, I got the new Exciter record. Excellent, man. Death Machine. Oh. Killer, killer album. Holy cow! Oh. It came out. Uh, I think uh, Friday came out. Ooh, nice. Yeah, remember when all the albums came out on a Tuesday? That was always the release date for records, Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. It still is, really. Yeah? 
Usually, usually. Yeah, I guess with the internet today, a lot of people doing the yeah. digital stuff. Yeah, they'll just put it on whenever over. they get a hold of it. Yeah, and how come everything gets released in Europe before we're here in America? Well, because they have they have the what do you call it? They have the uh, the audience. Was it like that in the early days too? I don't remember. Uh, it depended on the band, you know. If it was a, a Saxon album, it was you know obvious it was always out like the, a month before. Yeah. Uh, I made and I. All my old stuff is all import. I know. Man of War was always bought on import. <laughs> the only sure. American album I have is the Liberty Re- Liberty Records of the first Man of War album. Wow. Um, you know, which I bought at probably Bleaker Bob's or something. But um, everything else is 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 import because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't released here. <laughs> That's true. You know, as far as That's metal true. goes, you know. I remember but, um, getting the first Quiet Right albums. I paid like twenty nine dollars for. I mean, the the real first two, not Quiet Right Metal Health, which I right, the Japanese imports. Ja- I paid twenty nine dollars for those oh, in, uh, yep, in Tower yep. Records each, and yeah. twenty nine dollars back in nineteen eighty or eighty one. That was like freaking a hundred dollars today. Yeah, it's like seventy five hundred dollars. No economists quote me on that, but I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> and for a kid, that's a lot of money. Thank God, Edmund, our old friend. He found the sticker gun for Tower Records, so we changed the prices after that. You know, we used to go with the sticker gun. Yeah. Said, that was the day before the UP, UPC code, so. And he had that sticker gun, and before we went in there, every album was like $1.99, you know? That's hilarious. Yeah. Somebody left it out, and that was it. <laughs> hey, I think we got Alex on the line. I didn't even realize there was a number up there. Okay. Hey, Alex, you there? Yes, it's me. Hey, what's going on? I didn't even see your number up there. I just caught it up. Hey, uh, how are you? So what, I, so what happened? Rap broke up again? Yeah, it looks like rap broke up again. A little bit of infighting. Yeah, I guess, you know, I, I saw that coming because Bobby Blotzer had written a book and was trashing Stephen Pierce. And I'm thinking, what yeah. an idiot! Just do a reunion and everything, and then you got to do something like that and fuck the whole thing up. But I didn't hear the new rap record yet, but everybody was telling me this was one of the best they've ever put out. So definitely one of the hardest ones they've put out. I mean, the songs are really good on there. And it almost yeah. reminds me like a harder version of like what the early albums would have been like the first two records. So it, it was really right. good. It's a shame, but that is you know, that is a, that is a shame. I kind of foresaw that though because yeah. me and him have always been going back and forth for years. Well, until they get another offer to do something worth some money, not you know, right? They made a big name for themselves in the '80s, and they got really popular towards the later part of the decade. But they were never like monstrous where they could just go out tour up the tour and headline yeah. arenas. But, uh, you know, they're in a position today where at least if they taught, I'm sure they're making money. You know, it's not like they're, they're doing it for nothing. But, right. you know, if the price is right and somebody offers them something good again, you know, you know, you might get it. Yeah, yeah. See it's what where, happens. Whenever, whenever, there, whenever there's more money. Exactly. That's how it goes. And uh, that's the name of the game. And uh, I just want to remind everybody before I forget, uh, next week uh, we're going to be like Sesame Street. We're featuring the letter Z next week on the show. We have Kevin... <laughs> Kevin Kuzma from Bloodfeast calling in. Great New Jersey band. We've had Adam Tranquilli, the guitar player, on here before. So he's going to be calling in to talk about the, the newly reactivated Bloodfeast. They just played at the Defenders of Old Festival out in, uh, in Maryland. Uh-huh. And uh, Morgan uh, Zentner from Scythia, a Canadian folk metal band. She's an oboe player. That would be the first heavy metal oboe player, I think, on our show. Wow. Wow. What? Yeah. An oboe player? Holy shit. The, yeah, they play like folk folk metal. It's actually pretty good. It's a, it's almost like the symphonic type metal that's going around in Europe. Is it is that is it kind of like in a Jethro Tull vein, but just metal instead of rock? Nah, it's hard. It's really hard to describe them. It's uh, 
Uh, it's it's like like symphonic stuff that's going around today, but just uh, the lyrics yeah. are more based on like you know like the Robin Hood type stuff, or you know like the, the Hobbit and things, you know, and that kind of general thing, like the Renaissance festivals and stuff. Right, right. But pretty good. So we'll we'll get to talk to Hud next week. Right? We got both of them on live. We were looking nice and quiet for November, you know, but uh, everybody started piling in now. And then we got the Texas Hippie Coalition coming on at the end of the month, too. What was that one? The Texas, the Texas Hippie? Hippie Coalition. The guys that are out on tour with Addicted to Pain. Oh, okay. Yeah, they'll be on here soon. They won Jerry Springer not long ago, so they should be pretty fun. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they should All be right. pretty fun. Yeah, they remind me a little bit of Pantera, like, uh, like, oh, like you know, like middle of the ground Pantera. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they should be pretty good. All right. I'm enjoying that. So how about we get on a song? Until I let you pick it out. I got a couple of things lined up here. Can you get you on Rob Rock, Holy Hell, or the band Therion. They're a relatively newer metal band, but it's a cover of O Fortuna, so uh, maybe for Halloween. You know, it's an instrumental. Oh, okay, yeah. I want to hear that. I know you got it on your profile page on MySpace, so... Uh, oh, yeah, I used to, we used to open up with... We opened up with that at uh, Lemoore's a few times, and then all of a sudden we went to see Ozzy, uh, with Zach, and uh, he uses it. Yeah, that's right. So everybody says, oh, man. You know, like everybody who knew you. us said, oh, Ozzy ripped you off, and everybody <laughs> who didn't know us said, oh, Ozzy used that on his last tour. So screw you. We were using it go. first. <laughs> that's right. Well, you know what? I'll get that on. It's a couple of minute uh, uh, in- instrumental. I'll play one more song. I'll go right to another song after that, and okay. then we'll start our interview with Amanda Somerville. That's on tape? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, right, okay. Much better than the first one, don't worry. Well, okay. All right. I'm here, baby. All right, here you go. A little Therion. Oh, for
from Slaya. That was off of Diabolus Musica. Uh, you know, yeah, screaming from the sky. Had to get some Slayer on today for Halloween. You know, we've got a half hour left. i got to do the interview with Amanda Somerville now. I forgot to play our uh, demolition segment. I forgot all about it. Oh, boy. Yeah, maybe I can squeeze it on now quick, and then we'll go yeah. right to the interview right after that. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right. For Halloween, it's a band called Skeleton out of Arlington, Virginia. Okay. The band's been, well, they're not together no more, but they were around back in the early to mid-80s. I think they broke up around uh, 91, 92, somewhere in that area. Uh, the guys put out three demo tapes. And uh, this is the Never Slow Down demo, I believe. I want to say it's from 1987. I think it was their first one. I'm not 100% positive. But uh, huh. on the blog spot, I do have all the information on it. I just can't remember right now. And you can head over there and download yourself a copy of the tape. So I'm going to get on a song called Victim. And then when it's done, I'm going to go right into the interview with Amanda Somerville. Uh, Amanda sang with Epica and Ava Stage, the two symphonic metal bands. Uh, and she just put out a record with Michael Kiska from uh, the ex-Halloween singer called right. Kiska Somerville. And I was corrected on the spelling of that name by the fan club. So uh, thank you very much for correcting me. I always like being corrected. Nothing more fun than that, but I do appreciate it. <laughs> and i got to thank them because they listed the show on the website, and oh, the show great. doubled in listens overnight. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, so thank you guys very much. And I did correct the spelling on the website. But here's our demolition segment demo. The band is called Skeleton. The song is called Victim. You can download it right now on the block spot. Here you go.
right, I have a skeleton with Victim. Head over to the blog spot and download that right now. But I have an interview I just recently did with Amanda Sommerfield. I'm going to get that on. If, I, if it's a little too loud to you, I'm just going to stop it right off the bat and lower it. But uh, I think yeah. I got this one set pretty good. That way we won't good get okay. too far into it and then have to repeat it. But uh, right, right, let me know right. what you think, all right? Okay. Hello, Amanda, you there? Hi, I am. My apologies for being so late. Goodness. <laughs> that That's okay. I, I, when you're busy, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, although um, this time it wasn't so great because it was a uh, overturned truck on the Autobahn. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, here I am. Woohoo! That's good. I'm glad to talk to you. You know, uh, I've been listening to your music for a long time, so it's great to have you on here. And uh, I know right now the big thing is you have a record coming out with Michael here, at least here in America, in a few weeks. That's correct. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's it's, it's a pleasure. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. So how did everything go with the new record? I spoke to Michael yesterday. He's really excited about it. I know he said you guys, I think, were in France not long ago promoting it. How do you feel about the new record? That's correct. Well, I'm really excited about it as well. Um, I think it turned out really great. I'm totally proud of it. And I'm I'm looking forward to uh, the reactions when the album hits. Yeah, a lot of people now, they can see the videos. They're on, uh, on YouTube and other sites right now. And, and it sounds great. And it's good to see, you know, it used together. As as a musician and as an artist, is it harder to work with somebody else like that doing the duets where you'd write for yourself normally? No, not at all, actually. I mean, I, I, I've been wanting to do this. I, I, I just love any form of uh, singing, making music, writing songs. And so um, in in whatever form or context it happens to be in it, it's it's just great for me, and, and I love a new challenge, I love um, meeting new people, and and uh, just doing new things, so this is, this is a, a dream come true for me, and quite an honor to be, you know, featured alongside a legend, such a legendary voice as, as Michael. Yeah, Michael's been absent for a long time, like, you know, live, he's always kept busy with his music, so it would be fantastic if we could actually see us perform together live somewhere. Is that, like, possibly in the works, maybe? Well, you know what? Actually, for for this particular project, both of us have uh, agreed we'd love to take it on the road. Um, that kind of depends on uh, the way, yeah, how the album does. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we would love to do it for fun, but uh there are a lot of people that need to be involved in a tour like that and uh, they've course. got i think they're more concerned with paying their rent than doing it for our fun <laughs> but, i know um, i know so it really it, it really depends on how the album um sells but we are going to be on stage together for the Avantasia tour coming up november december uh, that would be great hopefully it'll make its way here to america oh i would love it i would love that because uh, you're an American girl. How did you wind up in Germany all these years? Well, actually, it was uh, my heart that uh, pulled me there. Um, you know, I went over there for love, ended up staying because of work. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that, that sounds great. That that sounds good. And Well, you had a little bit of a homecoming last month. Uh, you were back in Michigan. You played at the Sirens Festival. That's correct. That was a lot of fun. How did that go? 
That was great. Um, you know, unfortunately, I guess there, I don't know if it was because of promotion or there just aren't that many metal fans in that corner in that region, but um, there weren't um, so tons, many of people <laughs> there. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, there were, you know, there were a couple hundred people there and, and we had a really good time. So that was, that was a lot of fun and great to finally be, you know, playing in my, not necessarily my hometown, but, you know, about an hour away from it, so um, all my friends and family could come, and that that was really cool. That must have been nice. Yeah, over here in America, the rock and the metal scene, it's to take, uh, even though it's coming back, like, music-wise, people are listening to it more now, the kids are getting into it, but they're just not showing up for the shows like they used to anymore, and uh, it, that, that's a shame of it. So, at least in Germany and over in Europe, they've kept it alive, and they keep it big over there, which is a great thing. Yeah, and especially um, like in Japan and South America, the South American countries, they go wild yeah. over it. Yeah, it's, I know. It's Thank weird God. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was so surreal. The last time I was on tour over there with Avantasia, um, I mean, I couldn't go out. I got like mobbed a couple of times, and I'm like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" <laughs> That's uh, it was a little weird, but it was very, very interesting to see. Um, you know how how alive and kicking the metal scene is down there. It's true. There are a lot of countries that, that have kept it like that. Uh, it's a shame that it's not here anymore, but we're still big fans. We still listen to the music, and I'm still at the shows, but a lot of other people don't go. But I mean, hopefully it'll come back around again. The younger kids will start going and buying tickets and, and getting out there, and it, it, it would be a good thing. And I can't wait for you to get back here again, hopefully into the New York area where I am, and uh, we can catch you, even, even your solo work, uh, you know, your Windows record, I, I'm a big fan of it. I, I really like that album. Oh, well, thank you. You are very good. And I, I actually picked up your first record when it came out in like 2000, 2001 in the beginning. So I've been a fan of yours since then. I followed you through Epic and all the other projects you've worked on. And it's and I really enjoyed the new album myself. Yeah, yeah. You go way back, don't you? That's cool. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I was glad. You know, and then to see that you hooked up with Michael, I thought that was fantastic because I missed him from the Halloween days, and even though he's done a lot of stuff, he's just kept a low key over the last few years, and this is a nice way to come back. And you got to work with Magnus Carlson and uh, Matt Sinner. Is that the first time you worked with those guys? Yeah, it was. It was, and it was really a pleasure. Um, Matt is just such a talented guy, and he's got it together. Man, that guy gets stuff done. And um, yeah. he's, he's just got a very relaxed aura about him. So, you know, He's always like really easy going and everything, so it was it was a breeze working with him, and I was I was uh, nothing but happy. Yeah, Matt's involved in a lot of projects besides Primal Fear. He does a lot of stuff. He's like the go-to guy for a lot of groups and bands and performers. And like you said, he gets the job he done, and he and he knows what he's doing. Yep, he sure does. And that's it. one thing that surprised me that you did was when you worked with Hate Death Kill. I I because I I couldn't. I mean, I know your vocals were. <laughs> The good vocals on the album, but because I'm not really into that death or cookie monster style singing, but I was glad that you know I was expecting that from you. So, watch, she's actually going to do that. But then I was surprised when it, you know it came out. Yeah, you know, actually, my mom felt the same way. She's like, "What thrash metal? Oh my god, yeah. honey, do you, are you sure you want to do something like this?" You know, but um, and and to be honest, when I got the first demos, I was also like, "Oh." Crap! What did I get myself into? You know, but the more you know, when I started, 
on it. And uh, the more I got into it, the more I really liked it. And uh, in the end, it was kind of my baby, too. I mean, you know, I, I wrote the, the lyrics and the, the vocal melodies and all that kind of stuff um, as part of the production process. And so it became, like, my baby. And it, though it's by far the heaviest thing that I've done, you know, yeah. in, in the metal genre by far, it, it's, it, it's really something that's still got a lot of uh, melody in it, and it, you know, several of the songs anyway, not all of them, but uh, I know. <laughs> and it, it, it was just a lot of fun to do, and it, it was quite a challenge. I wasn't sure that uh, that I could do it in the end, but um, uh, but I but I did, and I had a lot of fun, and I'm really proud of that too. Yeah, it did work out. Like I was surprised too, but then when you hear it, you realize, okay, you know, you you enjoy it actually. So, and as as yeah. a singer, I mean, a real singer, and actually, you're a, a vocal coach also. Uh, well, how do you see like the, the 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 young bands, the new bands coming up with their vocals and the singing? Because a lot of them do rely on that like that death metal or that that Cookie Monster style singing, and they've kind of you know kind of forgotten what it's like to really be a singer. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of a a matter of taste, I guess. I mean, there are some bands that do it and do it well, and I can appreciate some of it. It's not really my cup of tea, to be honest. Yeah. But um, you know, I can get the uh, the Beauty and the Beast thing that's in some of the European symphonic metal stuff that goes on, you know, um, I can I can uh, I can dig a little bit of it, but um, yeah, I'm not really into the, the death or black metal kind of stuff. But you know, to each their own, and some of them do it very well. So uh, yeah, more power to them. Do you find more people coming to you for vocal lessons? They they the more interested in that, or are they interested in the traditional style of singing? No, you know what? Actually, Mike, I don't do a, a whole lot of, of vocal coaching. It's kind of been, um, yeah, it was, it was a little bit. The term is misrepresented a little bit because I don't do any kind of vocal training. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a voice teacher by any means. Um, and what, what it actually has been is more vocal production and you know overseeing oh, okay. the general vocal recordings, making sure that. Uh, you know, they're, they're uniform, they're of the same quality, and that uh, also the dramatics are are up there. You know, a lot of singers will just sing their, uh, their notes with their arms at their sides, and it's just not believable. You know, I want to believe it. If you sing, yeah. like, my heart is bleeding, man, I want to feel that, you know? <laughs> and so that's, that's yeah. mainly what I what I work with. I'm also like a dramatics coach and, you know, but I oversee also the general vocals, the way that they're, they're performed and recorded and things like that. So, um, yeah, I, and I've only done that, you know, for, for a couple of different people. It's not, I, I don't give voice lessons per se. I know, I know what you're saying. I got it. I got it. It's the whole, but you're like, you're, you're like the whole package. You're a writer, you're a musician, you're a performer. Uh, you know, you do everything. Is it nice to kind of step away from the, like the, the performance part of it to go more behind the scenes every now and then to to re-energize. Yeah, you know, um, I, geez, I love doing all kinds of things outside of the studio and, and off the stage. But um, it, it's funny, you get the the musicians that are it's, it's like a cook. You know, there are people that are cooks and there are people that are bakers. But you know, not very many people that like to do both. And and uh, yeah. the same thing with musicians. There are people that love to perform live and people that love to do studio work more. And I'm I'm half half. I'm I'm really I love to do it all, and um, it's all very fulfilling. I, I think it it uh, brings me further anyway as a musician, as a person, and um, yeah, I learn a lot. I learn a lot in a lot of different situations. But um, 
Yeah, I, I love being on stage and I love being behind the scenes doing the, the studio work. So um, I wouldn't trade one for the other. That, that's excellent to know. And with the new record with Michael, were you guys able to record together or, had, or did you do it separately? Because a lot of bands today, you know, with the Internet and the technology, they can record from all over the world and have everything put together. So were you guys together for the actual recording or did you do your vocals separately? We actually did the, the vocals separately, and we met the, for the first time um, during the video shoot for Silence and If You Had a Wish, which was really yeah. funny because I don't know if you, you know, I do these video blogs that I, I put up on my YouTube channel, and um, I did a video blog. It's all very candid, and I'm, like, sticking my camera in people's faces, you know, and, <laughs> and everything. And uh, so it's really not rehearsed or anything, so you get the, you know, initial reaction of people. And uh, when I did it for, for the video shoots, I'm standing next to Michael, and I'm like, and for the first time ever, you know, after years of working on different projects <laughs> together, we're finally together face-to-face. And you see Michael's face like, huh? Like, not what? And he didn't even know that we had worked together on, like, Ina or Aventasia, you know? <laughs> That's right, really yeah, yeah. After the fact. And he was like, oh, that was you that did Silver Maiden? He's like, oh, my God, that's so funny. <laughs> and thus, the that's circle, great. you know, comes together. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. Uh, is, is it more difficult to, to work that way, especially on, on, like, the duets? No, not not necessarily. I mean, um, I'm kind of used to it. You know, since I got into things, like, when I did Ina, it, it was the same deal. Um, everybody, all the guests, most of them anyway, uh, would record in their own home studios and then send the, the tracks to us in Wolfsburg. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of the norm these days. And uh, we've, we've talked about it before that, you know, it, it's gone so well between the two of us personally. We feel like, you know, we're, we're like old lost souls, you know, as friends that, that we just now physically found each other. And so maybe for the next recording, we'll do it together in the studio. Um, but you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't really anything far fetched or or strange to do it separately um, in this case, and and it makes it all the more authentic for me that once we finally did meet, um, we got along so well, and there was such a good chemistry and energy between the two of us. Yeah, so for it me, shows it's like the, you know, the project was complete. Oh, yeah, yeah you, you think so. That's cool. Yeah, it does. It shows in the videos, and you would never know uh, listening to the music because it just sounds like it's, it's so natural. I guess that's just the professionalism that comes out between you. Uh, and you had mentioned, Aina, the, the, that was a, uh, like an opera. You basically were the driver force behind. You did almost the – you were involved in every aspect of that, the Days of the Rising Doom. Yeah, I ended up, you know, playing a, a, a big role in that. I mean, Zasha was the original one who was asked, by uh, the record company to kind of oversee everything, and Zasha did some outsourcing. He had, uh, you know, me do um, the lyrics and stuff, and, and uh, Robert Hunica Rizzo did most of the music, and it was hilarious, though, because I'm like, he, he just, you know, called me out of the blue. We hadn't been working together all that long um, yeah. up to that point, and uh, he's like, hey, you, uh, you want to write a, a metal album with me? And I'm like, um, okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, I've never really done anything like that before, but hey, I'll, you know, sure, I'm I'm open. And I said, so what is it supposed to be about? And uh, he's like, well, that's what you have to come up with. So I have to do the the concept and the story and and the lyrics. And he's like, yep, 
So uh, we need it um, done, you know, within a couple of months. So if you can get going on it so that we can, like, write our music, then that would be cool. So <laughs> that's how that went. And then I ended up, you know, um, singing on it and, and kind of uh, overseeing. I did some, some coaching on that because the people that, – that's how it originally started with the vocal coaching because um, I had to go and coach the people on how to sing the language that I came up with for the project. And then um, the record company was like, oh, well, so you coach these people on how to do this. I've got this singer for this band, uh, you know, back then they were called Sahara Dust, and she's kind of green and very young and sounds a little bit foreign, and do you think you could do the same thing with her? So that's how I got into the, the vocal coaching thing, and that was Simona Siemens of, of Epica. Yeah. Yeah, you went out, yeah, you went out on tour with Epica back in, uh, in 2000 to uh, the Solent. Uh, how was that experience? That was great. Um, you know, it, it was very natural for me because I've been with those guys since the beginning. I'd co-written all their songs with them, and um, the fans knew me from their, you know, DVDs and different live performances and things like that. So um, it wasn't anything that was that was far-fetched or, or strange. Um, of course, the circumstances were very unfortunate, and also I was a little bit nervous because no matter, you know, no matter what the fans – um, are informed of whether they know that you are, uh, you know, only filling in temporarily or whatever. There's always you always run a risk of filling in yeah. for um, a, a lead singer like that, you know, exactly. uh, of being rejected and how the fans are and everything. I know. Their friend, um, but I'm like, you know, I might get tomatoes thrown at me, and then that might be the end of it. <laughs> Yeah, especially for the singer. They were very, you know, they were very gracious and accepting, so that was that was great. That's good. Yeah, it is it is harder for the singer. Guitar player, bass player, drummer, they could kind of sneak in and out, but you know, you're yeah. front and center. And uh, I guess if they, yeah. you know, most of these people today are paying a hundred dollars a ticket, they're going to take it and enjoy it no matter what. <laughs> yeah. But you know, Amanda, I would love to talk to you all day, but because we got started late, we're actually going to go off the air in about. 30 seconds. We're running out of time. So, I, But I really do oh, appreciate I'm you so calling hard. in. No, no, it's not a big deal. We yeah. still had a nice talk. And I, I'm going to mix it with the Michael interview when we'll have two together. And he told me to say hi. I spoke to him a little while ago. He told me to say hi to you. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much. And it was it was a lot of fun talking with you, Mike. You too. Thank you very much. And the album will be out here in America, I think, in the October 12th or 13th. And everybody should go pick it up because it's really a great record. Yeah, thanks. I think so, too. I'm very happy, and, and thanks a lot for your interest. Thank you very much, man. It was great talking to you. Take care. The best of luck. Thank you, too, Mike. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Amanda uh, was a real sweetheart. It, it's amazing, Tommy. She was calling from, I believe, Germany really? on a high-speed train as it was traveling using her cell phone, and I got better reception than if I called you from Staten Island to Brooklyn, New York. I can't believe that. Really? She's using a cell phone on a freaking train from Germany. And those are those bullet trains that go like 100 miles yeah, an hour. She like, was you saying know, something uh, about she was on the Autobahn or auto something. Oh, no. I was supposed to interview her um, a, little, uh, uh, a couple of days before that. Yeah. And it didn't take place. What happened is she was traveling on there, and there was an accident, I think she was saying. And she couldn't get to the destination at the time to get to the phone to call in for the interview. So this time she was traveling, and she had a cell phone with her, and she called on a cell phone on a train going 100 miles an hour in another country 
I'm like, a better assumption than if I'm my neighbor. If I call my wife right now from downstairs to the upstairs, yeah. <laughs> it would even sound like that. Yeah, because I, I was thinking she was like in a, in a like an office, you know, like on a on a speaker. No, no, she was traveling for for a video shoot. They were doing the video shoot for the second video for the album. That's remarkable. So I just don't remember where she was. Was it Germany or Holland or Amsterdam? You know, somewhere in Europe. And they were. Oh, she was going to meet the Michael career. for the video. She's got some right? career going for her. Yeah, not bad. And she's an she's an American, you know. She's from uh, from the U.S., but she's yeah. she moved out to Germany a long time ago was, uh, when she was younger. Mm. And she was married to another rock star out there, but I won't mention the name because uh, Michael uh. mentioned it in the first interview. He told the whole story, yeah. but I, I kind of lost that interview, so uh, I kind of forgot myself because I don't have a copy of it. That's well, not important. That's not really part of not it. Not at all. But before we close things out in a few minutes, I'll get a song out off the new Kiska Somerville record. Okay. Uh, but what we got coming up this Thursday on the Metal Matinee? It's uh, Total Devastation. Oh. The end of the world is coming, and we got songs that are going to feature it. Everything about Armageddon this Thursday on the Metal Matinee at 1 o'clock. And oh, okay. Next, yeah, next Sunday night we have Kevin Kuzma from Blood Feast and uh, somebody from Skythea, Morgan Zentner. We just booked this one. I'm not the... Not sure about everything yet, but it'll happen next week. And uh, they're calling in live from uh, from the stadium that they're headlining at in Canada next week. They're a really big band out there. Wow. Yeah, and it's they're playing in front of their hometown, so they're going to call in right before they go on stage. Jeez. So it should be pretty good. And, uh, you know, hey, never heard Oboe in heavy metal, so that'll be the first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, i got to send you the link. To, i got to send you a lot of links, man. I'm just so lazy <laughs> to forget every time I go upstairs. I should just buy the house next door to you. Uh, yeah, I'd be better off for like one speaker. <laughs> we'll, we'll put like a monitor on the wall. We can just reverse it back and forth. Oh, God. That's funny. <laughs> I will get to today, I promise. Uh, no, don't worry about it, man. Tomorrow morning I have to go for training, so I got a half a day, so I'll be home early. And uh, I'll get on then. I'll get them all over to you tomorrow. What do you have? Four-hour class? Four-hour class tomorrow, so get that over with, and then uh, I'll be home the rest of the day. All right. Yeah, so I, I promise I will get them to you tomorrow. Okay, my friend. All right, that sounds good. But we're going to close things out right now. want to wish everybody a happy Halloween. Tommy, uh, hopefully uh, maybe next week we'll be going to that Overkill show in Long Island. I'm not sure, but I'll let you know tomorrow. He'll probably get back to me on uh, Monday, you know. Okay. Because I spoke to him on Friday. He didn't get back. I asked him if he could change it to New Jersey because that would be more convenient because we're going to be heading there anyway. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what he happens. Hasn't, so. He hasn't gone back to you on that? No, I got him Friday, late Friday. So, you know, he's probably off on the weekend. He'll probably check his email tomorrow and uh Unless he's setting up the other interviews with the other bands for us, and he'll get us all at one time, you know, instead of going back and forth. Alright. If not, I'll tell him, hey, you know what, keep us down for Long Island. And that'll be great. We've got a couple interviews with Gamma Bomb, Eval, and, uh, who was the other one I mentioned to you? Uh, uh Bonded by Blood. Right, Bonded by Blood. Okay. Yeah, we'll get to see our buddies in Forbidden, and we'll get to hook up with Overkill, so we should have a good time. Nice, nice. Very nice. See, you get a little perk here and there doing a show. Once in a while. Once in a while, not too often, right? <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your day. And you too. The work week will be over in five more. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Don't worry. Friday will be here before you know it. Not soon enough. All right, bro. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Good night. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Rock for last week and Amanda. Yes. All right, T. I'm going to close it out with a little Kiska Somerville. This is a song called The Rise off the brand new record. All right, buddy. Good All night. right, buddy. Take care.
there for you with the Lions. It's a really good record. Uh, Tommy hung up. I, I had a few minutes left in the show, but uh, that's no big deal. It's no big deal. But that's some pretty good stuff over there. Pick up that record. I know when I had Michael on, he wanted me to play uh, one song, but I didn't have it uploaded at the time. And I don't even think this was the one he wanted to hear, but it's a really good song. Like I said, don't forget, I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. I really do appreciate that. We're going to close things out a couple of minutes early so I can uh, go give out the rest of the candy to those late-night trick-or-treaters. It's usually the teenagers. If you don't give it out, they come and toilet paper your house by the morning. So thank you, everybody, for listening. I really do appreciate it. Have a happy Halloween. And if you stick it by your computer, the Dio Priest Radio Show is coming up in about 120 seconds. So don't forget to tune in. I'll see everybody Thursday at 1 p.m. for the Metal Matinee. It's total devastation. Good night, everyone. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.